Hey everybody, welcome to the Traveler Podcast. This is Ted Blank. I am a travel advisor with Travel Leaders, and I decided to hijack the start of the podcast from your erstwhile host, Adam. So, Adam, we'll turn the program back over to you. Ted, thank you for hijacking the the podcast today. You guys, he did that. He has he, he did that because I I'm having trouble with the intro and how we're gonna like the direction we're gonna go and, and how this is gonna start. But I honestly, Ted, I'm gonna have you back and we're gonna do that again uh, for for another episode. Thank you for coming on. We're gonna be talking about Mexico. We are. And I wanted to bring you on because you're knowledgeable in this. You've been to Mexico. You recently just got I, back. I just got back a couple weeks ago from a week in Cancun. And I think Mexico is 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 not a hot topic because it's one of the most popular destinations for the U.S. market, but it's a hot topic because not many people are aware of some of the options that you can you can see there and, and some of the things that you can do, some of the resorts that you can stay at. Yeah. So, I mean, there's tons of things that we're going to go into with with Mexico. Look, as we know, the cold weather is coming. It is. It is. It, and I saw snow in the forecast for this weekend. So yeah, it's legit. It's, it's time to start thinking about spring break and winter getaways and, and leaving the snow to pile up for a week while you're sitting someplace in the sun. So Mexico is a perfect topic for this time of the year. The most popular place for beach vacations. Mexico is, is, is actually probably the most popular foreign travel destination for Americans. Yeah. You know, maybe excluding Canada. Um, but it is, is especially in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, absolutely. The, the, the top Mexican destinations, you know, Cancun and the Riviera Maya, Puerto Vallarta, Cabo San Lucas, those are um, perennially popular here in Minnesota. Why, why is Mexico so popular, Ted? A couple of reasons. You know, first of all, it has a great climate. And all year round, it has a warm tropical climate. So even if it's summer and you're looking for a warm or a warmer getaway, you can go to Mexico. Um, but the climate is great. The people are very friendly, very welcoming. Um, the the tourism industry in Mexico is really very well develop. So there's a tremendous amount of infrastructure in place to make sure that everybody has a great vacation. There are options in Mexico for every yeah. budget. You know, if you're on a tight budget, there are some nice options for you. If you're on more of a luxury budget, there are um, incredible experiences you can have in Mexico that you can't have anywhere else. Um, it's very easy to get to. You know, those three destinations I mentioned, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, um, Cabo San Lucas, have nonstop flights um, daily in the peak season, you know, Cancun, you can fly nonstop from Minneapolis in four hours every day of the week, all year round. So Mexico is very easy to get to. And the, you know, the price point in Mexico yeah. is pretty reasonable. You know, you could spend a week at a very nice resort in Mexico, have some great food, see some interesting things for a lot less than you would spend for that same week domestically. So it's it's a very attractive um, from a from a price perspective as well, and, and, and that's across all the price spectrums. You yeah, know, a five star hotel in Mexico is going to be a much better value than a five star hotel in Florida or California. So I guess I want to ask, with all that being said, is there a is there like a special time to go to Mexico? You know, the most popular time to go to Mexico is pretty much about February 1st through about April 15th, kind yeah. of what we would traditionally think of as that spring break time, that winter getaway time. A very close second is the holiday season. Um, Christmas in particular, the sort of that week between Christmas and New Year's. Thanksgiving is another popular time. But, you know, sort of December 1st through April 15th is kind of the, the top season for most of Mexico. But the country is obviously open year-round. Yeah, it's an all-year destination. It's an all-year destination. Yeah, and, you know, if you're looking to, um, 
you know, go at a different time of the year. There are, are great times to go. You know, if you go to the Pacific coast, the summer can be very pleasant there. You know, it's very much like a California climate. So, um, you know, there's really no wrong time to go. Yeah. And, and the perspective that I come from, Ted, where I come from with Mexico is people have this perspe- uh, perception sure. that it's primarily all inclusives. So like, I don't want to go to Mexico because everyone goes there. Yep. Give us some insight. Where should we go, Ted? Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, first of all, I mean, there, there is nothing wrong with all of course, you know, there they can be a great vacation option. And if you're really looking to just kind of relax and, and unplug and have everything taken care of for you and, and, and you know, know the price of, of what you're paying before you get down there and all inclusive is a great, great option. Yeah. And, and all inclusives exist in everywhere in Mexico. Um, but even in, even in you know the most popular resorts, like even in Cancun, even in Cabo San Lucas, there are some tremendous boutique accommodations, um, you know, mid-price to luxury accommodations that are going to give you a totally different experience. And really, those are designed, you know, not just to relax, not just to be pampered, um, not just to enjoy the, the property, but also to get, get off the property and enjoy the destination. And, and, you know, even in Cancun, there is, you know, Cancun is a, a a UNESCO has UNESCO World Heritage sites, you know the ruins at uh, Tulum and Chichen Itza. These are you know as important to the kind of common history of humanity as the pyramids of Egypt are, and they're right there. And you can stay at a fabulous, you know, fabulous luxury resort with a beach and a pool and a great restaurant, and um, you know, pop out and, and in a day really see some some tremendous things. Um, Pacific Coast has has a little more of a colonial flair to it, a little more of that kind of Spanish colonial um, legacy there. You know, Puerto Vallarta is a very vibrant city. Yeah. It has big open-air markets. It has cathedrals. You know, the things that kind of were imported by the Spaniards when they came are, are very present in the city sure. of Puerto Vallarta. If you're looking for kind of a more of a maybe a mountaintop um Experience. There's a city in Mexico called San Miguel de Allende, Ooh. which is um, in the central mountains of Mexico. It's another kind of very historic, charming colonial city. It has really become a, you know, cutting edge destination, and it's got some just fantastic luxury properties, amazing restaurants, really, really neat things to see. Sure. You know, if you go to Cancun and want to get out and about, the Yucatan Peninsula has a lot to see. Yeah. in there you know a couple days a couple days here a couple days there you can really get a good flavor for a, a really interesting and very very different cultural experience than than you might have just at a beach resort there's so many things to do outside of sitting on a beach yeah yeah and there's nothing wrong with sitting on the beach and, and, yeah, and the great thing just, is you can sit on the beach in the morning and go to a go to a exactly. ruins in the afternoon and go back and have a nice dinner and go for a nice walk on the beach so it really really lends itself well to kind of that blend of relaxation and you know cultural immersion and, and yeah. you know, foodie things. I mean, Mexico is such a foodie destination. It, it really, I was just blown away by the quality of the food. And you're a foodie. That we had. I'm a foodie. You're a foodie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, they have some Michelin star chefs in Mexico there, you know, at, at one of the restaurants we went to on the Riviera Maya, which is just, just South of Cancun. Um, they actually are sort of recreating Mayan cuisine, but with a very, cutting edge gourmet like a modern flavor flair? to it like a modern modern mayan Ooh. cuisine you know which of course we'd never think of yeah think of as being a thing but 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 that's a thing that's in a mexico thing. that's a thing in mexico <laughs> yeah. you know and if you, you know, if you like seafood my gosh i mean you know the country large portions of the country are right on the ocean so there's fresh seafood available every day um you know wine 
Mexico is actually becoming a quite a large wine producer. And actually even up in the kind of the northern part of Mexico, almost on the U.S. border near San Diego, there are some really nice wineries that are starting to produce some really very nice wines that are starting to get some international recognition. And of course, you know, Mexican spirits like tequila and um, mezcal are produced in Mexico as well. And, you know, just like in the United States, there's kind of that mass market, you know, ten ninety nine a bottle brand that you can buy from the grocery store. But then there are, you know, these family-owned artisanal producers who make small batch, um, you know, the way it was made two or three hundred years ago, just, just such pride in the craftsmanship in the product and such an incredible product um, that, you know, even if you aren't a big tequila fan, you know, give, give one of these a sip and you yeah. might change your mind at, you least for, at least for a day. So a lot of, a lot of cool stuff yeah. like that in Mexico as well. I just want to make a disclaimer because, you know, <clears throat> we're not saying all inclusive resorts is something you should steer away from. We are just simply shedding light on the, um, the versatility in this country. In yeah. Mexico. And that, that, that is really, I think the, the, number one reason when you strip away everything else, why Mexico is so popular is because it's such a versatile yeah. destination. And, you know, you can go once and, and have that all-inclusive beach oh, experience where you're just, you know, chilling on the beach and, you know, somebody's there to keep your keep your margarita from ever getting empty to, <laughs> you know, some real top-notch cultural um, foodie experiences in some of the top, top destinations. And even Mexico cities, you know, Mexico City itself has what any world capital would have. It has historic museums. It has the ruins of, of um, the old uh, Aztec capital, which yeah. I can never pronounce the name, but it's like Tenochtitlan or something like that. It's a huge, huge um, Aztec ruin. It's got art museums. You know, Mexico has a fascinating history, and you can kind of learn all about it. Sure. Um, the, uh, you know, Mexico has some really very well-known internationally known artists and you can go see where they painted you can go see their studios you know you can see museums that are dedicated to their work so it it is really a tremendously versatile destination so where does the over tourism concern kind of step in and what would you tell someone that has this concern yeah so you know over tourism is is a concern not just in Mexico. Yeah. I mean, you can go to Venice in Italy. You can go to Dubrovnik in Croatia. You can go to Paris. And there are times and places where it is just so crowded that it can be unpleasant. Yeah. And certainly there are places in Mexico, you know, those real popular beach resorts, the large um, large properties that are, that are pretty budget-oriented, you know, they tend to, tend to bring large crowds of people in. Um, But the great news is, you know, even in a place that's extremely popular, like Cancun, there are options that can get you away from the crowds, get you to your own little slice of paradise, um, and and ways of visiting, you know, historic sites and and museums or or going swimming in the cenotes, which are the natural water features there. There are ways you can do that, that you can avoid the crowds. And so it can absolutely be done. But... um, you know, if you kind of are sitting there online and saying, I'm going to point click and say, oh, well, this price looks nice and it looks like it has a nice beach click, I'm going to book, you really don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. And you very well could find yourself in a situation where you're stuck in the middle of a giant overcrowded 
area. I think so. You know, finding an expert in the destination who can help you sort through all these options. I mean, my gosh, the options are just endless and and find the one that's right for you. I think that's where travel agents and advisors kind of step into play with over tourism, right? Kind of steering people in the right direction. Yeah. Helping, you know, and, and, and sometimes maybe you, you, you want that big crowded yeah. destination and you like that vibe and you know we can certainly help accommodate that but I think for people who are looking to experience a destination even a destination as popular as Mexico in a way that's a little different and unique a travel advisor can help make that possible in a way that you you know we know to ask the questions that you might not know to ask yourself perfectly said yeah we have seen and we know of some of the incredible beaches that Mexico has but we have also recently, you know, heard some concern about the sar, sar say it for me, Ted. Sargassum. 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 And I didn't yeah. want to pretend like I knew how to pronounce that because I wanted you. <laughs> well, I couldn't pronounce whatever the Aztec capital was. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't right. speak Spanish, so yeah. I'm kind of, kind of out of luck when it comes to that. But yeah. So tell us what sargassum is. So sargassum is basically a form of seaweed. Yeah. And it's a naturally occurring, a naturally occurring phenomenon in the ocean. And um, it, it, happens in the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean. It doesn't happen in the Pacific. The Pacific is too cold for it. And basically this seaweed grows offshore and as it starts to come into shore, you know, the waves pick it up and it washes onto the beaches and you end up with this kind of sticky, stinky seaweed gunk. Yeah. And over the last couple years Mexico and in particular the area around Cancun have had some problems with sargassum. Mm-hmm. It tends to come and go. It tends to come for a couple of years and go away for a couple of years and then come back for a couple of years. You can't guess uh, it. Can't guess it, can't predict it. It's it's a little bit seasonal, but it can happen sort of at any time of the year. And unfortunately, it's like rain. You know, you can't yeah. you can't predict it, you can't you can't avoid it if it exists. And so you know, Mexico has had some publicity recently about the, the quality of the beaches deteriorating due to sargassum. And, of course, Cancun has just these beautiful white sandy beaches. Yeah. They're flat. I mean, if you like to walk on the beach or sunbathe or swim in the ocean, the beaches are just incredible. They're among the best in the world. And so then imagine having a pile of gunky sargassum yeah. nearby. So the resorts and the government have really had a very extensive effort to manage sargassum. And so when I was there, I was yep. able to see, you know, some of the different ways the that processes different resorts do it and the processes yeah. and stuff like that. You know, some of them, um, sometimes there's a natural barrier to sargassum. Like out, out far. Out far. Sure. Yep. Yep. So if you happen to be in, in the Cancun area and you go to the north of the city of Cancun to an area called Playa Mujeres, um, which is protected by the island called Islam Mujeres, that a lot, yeah. a lot of people have probably heard of, yep. there's no sargassum on the mainland because the island protects the mainland from it. Yep. The island has a problem with sargassum, but the mainland doesn't. As you go south along kind of where most people who go to Cancun would stay, which is the Riviera Maya or kind of the central hotel zone in Cancun, there can be problems with sargassum. Yeah. So some properties have built offshore barriers that collect a lot of the sargassum and keep it from coming ashore. And so as long as the ocean is calm, those things work like a charm. Yeah. And, you know, there's a little boat that goes out there every day and it scoops up the sargassum. And interestingly enough, they're actually um, recycling it in Mexico and using it to make bricks. Is that right? For houses. Oh, houses. Yeah, for houses. I yeah, saw it's kind that. of a kind of an interesting little thing. So you can 
bake sargassum and make your house out of sargassum. So, you know, if so you're if ever interested, ever interested in, in <laughs> buying property in Mexico, apparently uh, sargassum bricks are readily available and pretty affordable. <laughs> but uh, so, so, so those barriers can, can work. Um, and then, and then, frankly, the the other line of defense is basically raking it up. Yeah. Either people raking it up or machines going by and scooping it up. And so, in some areas where those barriers just don't work due to, you know, geographic or wave conditions, there are people out sure. there working all the time keeping it off. Yeah. And so, most of the beaches that we had a chance to visit were in in, I would say, pretty good to very good shape. And we were, for example, in the city of Playa del Carmen. Right downtown, they have a barrier offshore, and there was really nothing yeah. on the beaches. You wouldn't have known that there was sargassum going on unless you'd looked for it. That's, and yeah. as the water cools off a little bit in the winter, the sargassum will probably recede. As the water warms up in the summer, it might or might not come back. Sure. So it's something to be aware of. I mean, yeah, of course. You know, I don't think in any, any situation, nothing that I saw, nothing that I've heard from folks would be a deal breaker. Yeah. You know, I think if you really skating kind of on the bottom of it, bottom edge of a budget accommodation in um, the Cancun area, and it has a beach, um, you might want to be cautious about of what level of serve, you know, what level of support they can provide to, to keep the sargassum off. But the nicer properties um, make an extensive investment in keeping those beaches clear, because that's one of the reasons why people go. Obviously. Yeah. If regardless of these concerns, there's so many amazing things happening. I mean, you shed some light on you know some of the history that you can get a little taste of, mm-hmm. the cuisine, some of the activities that you're able to do, the world's cl- world class beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to I want to hear from you. What's hot right now in Mexico? <clears throat> well, actually, I mentioned earlier San Miguel Day and yeah. is kind of a hot destination, and I, I don't know what put it on the radar screen the first time. I, I don't know what did that, but it's just this cool mountaintop colonial I'm going to plug city. a few pictures in right yeah, now. It yeah, is, it, is, it is a cool place to go. Um, you know, it, it used to be that people would go to Mexico, you know, they'd get up early on a Saturday morning, get on a flight, fly down, come back the next Saturday, spend a week at an all-inclusive. You know, now we see people going for longer periods of time. They might go for 10 days. They might go for 14 days. Sure. They might stay in two places. So, for example, when I was in Cancun, one of the properties we stayed at, it's a it's a absolutely gorgeous property. It's called the Chablay um, Maroma, and it's in the Riviera Maya. And they have a sister property near the city of Merida in the Yucatan called the Chablay Yucatan. And so people will go down, they'll fly into Merida, spend a couple days at this luxury resort there, see the city of Merida, which is an old colonial city, head to Cancun, and on the way they'll stop and see the ruins of Chichen Itza, go to the Riviera Maya and spend a few days at this property on the beach. So you're kind of combining sort of a city stay with a... Um, There's an itinerary right with there. The beach stay. Yeah, fabulous itinerary and just, just utterly amazing, beautiful resorts. Um, you know, shorter trips, sure. like those four or five day weekend getaways are becoming popular. Some of the resorts in Mexico are investing in overwater bungalows. Oh, are they really? Is and, that you know, right? Oh, yeah. You think of, you know, those pictures you see in your mind of like Bora Bora yeah. in, in French Polynesia and, and the Seychelles or the Maldives, and you have these beautiful overwater bungalows. Yeah. Um, stunning, amazing places, quite a long flight to get there. Of course. So you are seeing some overwater bungalows now being constructed in Cancun. Yeah. And the infrastructure, I mean, that's, it's so difficult and the conditions of the water, there's so right. many variables, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in Cancun, you're building them in the ocean. Yeah. In Bora Bora, you're building yeah. them in a protected lagoon. Like a lagoon. It's a lagoon. So it's, yeah. a, it's a different, if it's a different experience. Um, you know, there are new properties opening up all the time. 
and the good news is that that kind of forces everybody to keep upping their yeah, game. Yeah, it's competitive. So yeah, very competitive. And yeah. across the board, you know, you're seeing new and innovative dining experiences. You know, upgraded accommodations, new pools. You know, for families, some of these water parks that they're building yeah. for the kids. I mean, they're just incredible. So yeah. it kind of makes me want to go. You know, <laughs> go, down, go down a water slide. Um, and really, today. Many, many travelers are looking for, you know, they're not looking to collect souvenirs. They're looking to collect experiences. Yeah. And so one of the resorts we stayed at, it's called L'Atelier, which is a French word, actually. And an atelier is a workshop, like an artist's workshop. And so L'Atelier has pop-up artists who are on staff. And so it could be that they have a pop-up painting program sure where you're sitting by the beach and all of a sudden an artist comes and starts painting and she has a stack of canvases there and if you want to join her she'll help you start painting wow Um, they have you know dancers actually who do pop-up dance performances so so really trying to up the experiential level of of the um of the resorts and then you know you see some of the popular attractions that are off property, you know, zip lining and things like that, they're adding more and more amenities as well. So, yeah. I mean, there just is something for everybody in Cancun. Um, and in Cabo San Lucas in particular, there has just been a explosion of new construction of very much luxury-focused properties. And it's, it's I, I would suspect that it probably has the most rapid growth of any destination. Cabo San Lucas. Cabo San Lucas. Yeah. And it, it's beautiful because it's got this just beautiful California climate. So if you don't like that humidity and that heat, it's got an absolutely beautiful, perfect climate. If you go there in January, February, March, you can see the whales migrating there. there. You just hop on a boat and go whale watching, and there they are. Um, and it's it's all, it was a little bit of a backwater of tourism and it was always popular, but you know, there, there are some just incredible new luxury properties that have been built there. Um, every, every property across the board is upping their game with food yeah. and you see, you know, not just celebrity chefs, not just Michelin star chefs. Um, one of the resorts we stayed at was called the grand Velas resorts. They have, I think the most interesting job in the world on staff and they have a person who's called a guacamologist. A guacamologist. A guacamologist. Specializing. Guacamologist in. specializes in guacamole. <laughs> nice. But then they take it to the next level, and they have an entire month that they call guacamania. And so, if you like avocados, if you like, you know, all the Mexican cuisine that comes along with guacamole, they have an entire month-long food festival where they bring in chefs. They have cooking contests. They have like your Iron Chef contest. All devoted to Look the avocado, that. and I think that that poor guacamolist who probably must the have world's biggest forearm, you know, from <laughs> yeah. mashing all those guacamoles, he becomes the most popular person in the resort for that entire month, and you know, then he has to go back in the kitchen and make guacamole. But so it's just all those things, yeah. You know, whether it's wellness, whether it's music, they're just that. There's so much going on at at, at in Mexico that you know, four se- all four seasons long, there's, there's all, different stuff, and all styles of traveler, Absolutely. all styles of yep. travelers. Yep. Yep. can be accommodated yep. in, in Mexico. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it, a lot of people talk about um, destination weddings yeah. being very popular. And one of the properties we visited when I was in Mexico was called the Thompson. And it's in the Picture. center of Playa del Carmen. Yeah. And they have a couple different buildings as part of their complex. One of them, I think, has like 27 or 28 rooms. 
So almost the perfect size for yeah. a destination wedding. And you can actually buy out the entire property. Is that right? And, and structure, you know, the food and beverage, the events. You can structure it sort of however you want to. And, you know, with 27 rooms... Like yeah. I said, that's probably the size of the, size of the, the average destination wedding. And imagine having your own private resort for your wedding. That's what everyone dreams Versus, of. Everybody dreams of that. Versus, you know, there are six weddings scheduled at this resort on this day, and yeah. you're number five, and oh, I'm sorry, number four is running a little bit late. So that's a battle. You're have to wait. That's a battle. Yeah, and they're they're very popular, and that's why that's a battle. And so you know, just just neat different things you can you can do that you wouldn't think about. Ted. Thanks. Thank you so much for sharing sure. for sharing this information. We know that you were just recently in Mexico visiting various you know accommodations and, and resorts and doing different things. So it's good to get you on and, and, and shed light on some of these things. I think Mexico is an incredible destination. I think, as you mentioned, it's most popular, but it's also very close. There's a range. Very easy to get to. Very easy yep. to get to and yep. a range of... Which is nice. Yeah. You know, I mean, like we, we talked a little bit about Bora Bora. Yeah. Great place. Not so easy to get <laughs> yeah. to. Definitely worth the trip, but Mexico is a little easier and, you know, a little more spur of the moment. You could hop down to Mexico and have a nice weekend or spend a nice week and, you know, see and do a lot of different things that you might not have thought about. We have done this podcast before, Ted. We did. We lost it. Yes, there was a hard drive that got malfunctioned. Malfunctioned. Yours, not mine. So thanks. Yeah, it was mine. So thank you for coming back on and kind of, you know, it was still fun. Yeah. It was a little different than the last one, too. I know. I was trying to think if we covered anything that we didn't cover, and I think we, we got it all. Maybe yeah. a different order. Different order, for yeah. sure. But 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 I have a last question okay. for every guest that comes on. There's a last question. And the question, first off, Ted, how long have you been working in the travel industry? Uh, about three years. Three years. Mm-hmm. Veteran, though. You, I mean, you're a, travel, you're a world traveler, though. I am. You're a world yep. traveler. You yep. knew a lot about the industry prior to coming into it. Not as much as I thought. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I'm a year and a half in. Um, Amazing what you're Scratching the day. surface. Yep, yep. Um, but anyways, world traveler, veteran traveler, I think anyone that works in the travel industry, just there's so much information to, gr- to grasp and hold on to and learn. Um, so I just want to give um, this last question to you. If there were any piece of advice that you'd give a traveler, what would you tell them? To Mexico. Let me rephrase that. No, anywhere, Ted. <laughs> oh, anywhere. Any if there is a pe- if there is one piece of advice for a traveler, not pertaining to anything, just in general, what would you tell them? I would say that you will be far better served by using a professional travel advisor. And I had no idea what a travel what worlds a travel advisor could open for me before I became one. Sure. I thought I knew everything. Oh God, no. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. They the connections that these folks have the experiences that they can hook you up with um you you can't imagine what those are you don't even know the right questions to ask so reach out to a professional um, let them do the hard work let them bring their creativity to bear and your trip will be far better for it i don't even want to say anything all right i guess we're done here (laughs) ted thank you so much for coming on today we appreciate it you got this far thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed this episode it would mean the world to us if you left a review thank you again and i hope you tune into another episode of the traveler